Hello and welcome to another episode of Grumpy Old Game Men and Their Dogs. It is episode 96, day 291 here in the Zen Room. My name is Patrick Finn, and I am here with the exultant Tommy Gibbons. Hi, bitches. And how are you this evening, Tommy? I'm fine, thank you, Patrick. Yes. How are you? I'm doing okay. After a tough week. Yeah, Re- recovering well, from had, dental pain. You had tooth pain. Yes. Yeah, I had a bad tooth pain. Sucks. Yes, it does. You know the whole healing process of after having a tooth pulled. It's the worst. And what made it worse was because I had low doses of four-year-old oxycodone. And I figured, let me try that to see if that would help. And then I started having my mini seizures or anxiety attacks on a daily basis. So that's why... I had to stop taking that according to my neurologist. Yeah, your narcotics have to be fresh. I guess so. Yeah. You can't can't be using old oxycodone. Well, I figured it was there. No. It was actually helping with the pain, but... I, yeah, the uh, other effects I couldn't deal with. No, yeah. All the other medications you can... Oh, yeah. ...would be on their shelf life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, not that, so... So I've been dealing with that, and then we saw the second-to-last performance of the play you directed, whose wife is it anyway. Yeah, you were there. Yes, we were. We had a great time. You met Allison. Yes, we did. We met your sister, Allison. That's not my sister. I mean, not your sister. You're uh, my friend. Your friend. She's why, why my friend. Your sister. <laughs> Allison. Yeah, I'm sorry. Your friend, Allison. And we had a great time at the show. Scott Earl is a comedic treasure. He he is, he is just he's so engaged. Yeah. At every moment. He's he's just You can see that. You can see that there he's doing things on stage that you probably didn't tell him to do uh, that he's just coming up with. There's no way. You can't yeah. You can't tell somebody like that what to do. What no. you gotta do is clear a path. Yep. And in that and setting and the, these these farces that you've been directing, he's perfect for that for yeah. that setting. He really he, is. He does. He he's he it's almost like you can't do it without him. I know, right? Because he is. He's so good. He's, he's so, so good at what he's he does. So good. Yeah. He's so good. They all they all were good. Yeah. I thought they were all good. A lot of them we didn't know. Uh, so yeah, like, some of the actors I didn't recognize, some of course I did. That's what happens when you audition. Yes. You see, you see new faces. You see new people show up. Which I'm going to be finding out this coming Saturday, because I'm having auditions for uh, the Charles Bush Christmas play, Times Square Angel, down at South Shore Theater Experience on Wellwood Avenue in Lindenhurst. In Lindenhurst. Yes. Good old Lindenhurst. Yeah, so I already had people contact me. I don't recognize the name, so I'll be seeing some new faces there, it looks Good. like. Yeah, I'm very glad about that. And then I got into an interesting debate on Twitter with somebody on our Grumpy Old Game Men and Their Dogs Twitter uh, page. Oh, no. Well, you remembered, I guess, I don't know if it was the last episode or the one before that, we talked about the two federal federal courts that had issued contrary rulings on the state's ban on drag shows. Uh, yeah. And that one upheld it and one uh, no, said the ban was unconstitutional. Yeah, I remember. Well, even before we had discussed it, I had posted on Twitter the story about the one court that said the ban was constitutional. So, I guess sometime last week, this person wrote in to me on Twitter. I won't repeat the person's name. He didn't have much identifying information on his Twitter account or anything. And he's probably using an alias. And he wrote, Why do drag queens feel they need to perform for kids? Looks like a weird form of indoctrination. I know one thing, since I started with it, I never heard so much gay hate in online comment section, and not one of my gay, gay family thinks it's cool. As I wrote, well, the only performing I've seen drag queens do for kids is Drag Time Story Hour. 
It encourages reading, and the kids seem to enjoy it. If a soldier in full uniform was doing the same thing, would that be considered indoctrination to the military? That's silly. So he wrote back, It's sick. It's not cool. It's not inclusive. It's pedo bullshit. Thank God I don't have kids. It would be just as weird if the military does it. So I wrote back, I go, drag is performance art. It is not a recruiting tool. Drag has been around for a long time. Do you actually know any drag performers? Maybe you should get to know some before they, you passing judgment. He responded, yes, I have two drag friends. There are many where I live. They think it's crazy because it is crazy. Kids slipping dollars into their panties. What the fuck are you thinking, dude? He goes on then, maybe that's why you think like you do. You haven't seen it. Should I send the vids? Will it even matter to you? Why would a gay person, so obviously he's gay, why would a gay person make this up? It's fact, hidden from you by the left-wing tyrant agenda. Oh, God. So I wrote back, I said, kids slipping dollars into drag queen panties? I go, that doesn't happen at drag time story hour events. I go, I have never heard or seen of such a thing. I said... And that seems to be more of a parent's responsibility. If some kid is slipping a dollar bill into anyone's panties, be it a drag queen or a woman stripper, that's the parent's responsibility, not the performers. Where did he get the dollar? Yeah, right? So then he wrote back, I agree that they take them there because they are brainwashed woke leftists that have this kid, that have this fucked up belief that Democrats are their friend. That's a joke. And I wrote, if you think drag is limited by political persuasion, you should meet a drag queen friend of mine. His wealthy Republican family was quite prominent in Long Island politics. And I think you know who I'm talking about. I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, think of her as a mother. That's all I'll say. A mother. Yeah. I said, drag is not a query to recruitment tool. It's entertainment. Worry more about the clergy and less about drag queens. So then he wrote, yeah, I think everyone is worried about us having an incompetent embarrassment who's ruined everything he's touched so far. Which means I'm assuming he's referring to Trump. I mean, to uh, Biden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wrote back, well, I can see you're now veering off the topic. Discussion over. Have a nice day. Now, this is a supposedly gay person saying this. Well, he's a gay right-wing person. Obviously. One of the four. Yeah. But I was like, I have never seen anywhere posted anywhere of any kids slipping dollar bills down any drag queen's pants. They're confusing the two different performances. What a drag queen does at a nightclub is entirely different from what a drag queen does at a public library. Yeah, exactly. Like I said, hey, if there's a parent bringing their kid to an adult establishment like a bar or nightclub where a drag queen is performing, First of all, and I they're performing know. an adult act, that's the parent's responsibility. I have never, you can't blame the drag queen. I've never been in a bar that allowed children. I've never it. seen that. I've never, never been seen in a bar that. That where children were there. Never. Right? And I spent some time, bitches. Right? I never saw it. No, nah, neither have I. So I don't think any bar I've ever been to would allow it. No, I can't. In all the time I've spent in bars, and we're talking a long time, I've never, ever, under any circumstances, no. have I ever seen that no, happen. I, I, can't, I can't imagine. Not even like teenage to, uh, age. No. Nothing. They're not allowed. Right? Exactly. They're Most not people, allowed. That's it. Yeah, they're, they're not allowed. And, and I'm sorry if you have to take your baby with you, but uh, I got adult drinking fucking customers here. They don't want to be around your baby. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it, they're trying to cause fear. And there's just no justification for it. 
it's just uh it's just aggravating it really is that we keep going over this ground again and again and now supposedly with a supposed gay person here on twitter and it's like have we learned nothing in all this time but obviously some people haven't when you see somebody as your savior it doesn't matter what you hear about them yeah. or what you learn about them or what you know about them. It's incredibly difficult to say I was wrong you know, yeah. under, the, under the easiest of circumstances. Of course. And then if you have gone full right-wing crazy and then realize it takes guts to say I was wrong and this is what I learned. I mean, like I said, I, I read a lot of news all during the week, all types of news sites. I see more stories every week about men of the clergy being arrested for child abuse. I have ever seen any story of a drag queen being arrested for any indecent behavior with a minor. No. And you can't blame it on the left-wing media because I look at the right-wing media, too. If they had such a story, they'd be publicizing it. Believe me. It'd be all over the place. Of course it would. Yeah. So it's just... Uh, Let's just move on to our first segment of the evening, then, shall we? You're already boiling over, and we haven't even gotten... I know! We just got started! Well, here we go with a little heavy petting! Yes, she is! We're up to heavy petting! And this week, I have a news story from you. It's based on an article that I read in the New York Times from yesterday, written by a woman named Melinda Wenner Moyer. Now, I guess it's like a question thing where people can write into the paper asking about, and I guess the general question was, can dogs make you sick? You're, you're looking blank-faced at me. No, well, no, you, you usually don't leave spaces that big in conversation. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll try to avoid that. I wasn't that. sure <laughs> what I was supposed to do there. Well, yes, dogs can make you sick. They do uh, are able to transmit bacteria like salmonella, E. coli, and one called Campylobacter, which causes intestinal problems. Campylobacter. She was in RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> <laughs> they can also transmit parasites like Giardia, Cryptosporidium, hookworm, and roundworm. And they can cause abdominal issues like diarrhea and stomach pain. They can also transfer fungi, like, and that can cause infections like ringworm. And also through bites, they can uh, transfer serious diseases like rabies. As we talked about the rabies vaccine yeah, just the last, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, last episode, right? And they also took about it. There's another uh, virus that uh, you can get from a door bite called Capnocytophagia, it's a bacteria that can cause serious illnesses, including sepsis. And of course, uh, both rabies and this other one are both fatal, but they're quite rare. Okay, well, that's good. Yes, rabies only cause one to three human infections per year, and the capnocytophagia is about 150 to 250 per year. They say that puppies under six months of age are the biggest culprits in spreading disease, causing germs. Do you know why? Because they're babies and they're gross. Exactly. They're not, they're, their immune systems are not fully developed yet. And for those who are most risk of getting sick from a dog are pregnant people, immunocompromised people. The elderly children. Yeah, six, over 65 and under age yeah, five. Yeah, yeah, pregnant. So it's really important that, of course, you get your dog vaccinated. And, of course, there are medications for fleas and parasites. And give your dog a flea collar. They also experts caution against feeding raw meat to a dog, because that can be contaminated with bacteria that can spread to people. 
They also said, wash your hands after petting or caring for your dog. But if I wash my hands after every time I petted my dog, I'd be spending all day in the bathroom. So I don't know if that's kind of possible. But it says that you should avoid letting dogs lick you on the face or on any scratches or open wounds. Okay, that makes sense. Yes, it does. Give me kisses. Uh, is, he kisses my nose. Abigail does the same thing, uh, you know? You know it's, uh, yeah. 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 Give me kisses. <laughs> you know? It, sometimes it can't be helped. <laughs> sometimes it can't be helped. That's exactly true. And this motherfucker, pushy as he is, he'll lick my face to get my attention. As though being close enough to lick my face doesn't get enough attention. Of course. She licks my face uh, usually right in the morning when she knows I'm awake as soon as I turn over on my back. Boom, right in my face. He's much more into the nudging my arms. Oh, uh, okay. No, she's the liquor in the morning. Yeah, no, he's... I got to convince him to give me kisses. Of course, you know, I probably got breath like an autopsy and <laughs> hair that looks like Bernie and Alfred Einstein had a gay child. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't blame him. Anyway, we now move on to our... Dictionary of Dogs, our canine compendium, and we are up to the letter N. N. Are you're you, not going to get this one. Co- Patrick, I know I'm not going to get that <laughs> because you're going to go search for some inking fucking dog. Well, you're actually you're on, you're on the right kind of track. Yes, I am going with an aboriginal dog. Uh, yeah, okay. So I'm going to say for my three guesses. Okay. Okay. M? N, as in Nancy. Uh, Newf- uh, Newfoundland Hound. Nope. A Nordic nunchuck. Nope. But you're um, going in the right direction. Um, <laughs> the right direction. Is it Incan or Nordic? <laughs> well, you, I said Nordic. So that's in the right direction. Nordic. Nordic. Okay, so I, I don't... Um, and I don't know. It's called the Nenets Herding Laika. Uh, yeah, of course it is. Because of course it is. It would be just fucking spot. No, it has to be some fucking three-named foreign language fucking dog. Here it is. Okay. That is the Nenets Herding Laika. Okay, it looks like a... Oh, uh, shit. I can't. Uh, Shetland. Okay. Here's another one. Very sheepdoggy looking. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, these dogs are an aboriginal dog. They originated in the Arctic regions of North Central Russia. It is one of the oldest dog breeds originating in the, the Paleolithic era of over 3 million years ago. Paleolithic era? Mm-hmm. That was three million years ago. Yes. Was there dinosaurs then? I don't believe so. I think dinosaurs were early were or older than that. Okay. Uh they were selected primarily for reindeer herding. Uh originally by the Nenets people. Uh, the Nenets were their an indigenous race to Arctic uh Russia. Could you spell Nenex? N E N E T S. N E N E T T S S. Nenets. Nenets. Yes. Of which currently there are only about 50,000 of these people still residing in uh, the Arctic region of North Russia. Uh, the dogs stand about 17 to 20 inches tall. They have a thick double coat that can be either solar, solid or bicolored, coming in gray or tan or red or black or white. Their coat lanes so, can be long-haired or even short-haired. Yep. They are functional and resilient in a wide range of conditions and need minimal care. They are confident, energetic dogs who learn quickly and strive to please their humans. 
They are neither shy nor aggressive with humans. They are also used for small game hunting and sledding, as well as for search and rescue and de uh, detection. Sounds, sounds lovely. Sounds like a good, a good boy. Well, sadly, though, due to mixed breeding and cultural changes, there are now only about 2,000 pure breeds of these dogs left in Russia. Where are the rest of them? The rest of them are not pure breeds. So unless it lives in Russia, it doesn't count? No, because of the genetic makeup. A lot of these dogs, they started taking away from the, from what their, their reindeer herding activities because of mechanization and modernization. And Santa Claus already has his eight. So and then they started like interbreeding breeding them with other dogs, so there became less and less pure breeds of them. So now there are only approximately 2,000 pure breeds. What I'm saying is, if I go to Russia and want to buy one of these puppies, mm -hmm. can I do it? I And bring know. it home? I do not know. I have no idea. Seems odd to me that all of the purebred dogs live in the same place without some sort of legislation requiring it. Well, maybe there is. I'm just not familiar with that it. That could be. That could be a shoddy research. <laughs> but that is the story of the Nemets herding Laika. Aren't you glad you heard that story? Yeah, the Nemets herding Laika. <laughs> like a what? Hurting like a bitch, hurting like a fuck, hurting like a what? We now move on to our next segment. Happy birthday. Many happy returns. Good. It's time for today's birthdays. And there's only one birthday today, and it's a living person. Oh, Patrick. I'm sorry to disappoint you. Yeah, there was uh, there were no dead ones I wanted to put up. It is Chuck Berry's birthday, but I figure I'd give you a break from dead people and give you a living person. Okay. And he's totally despicable. Here's what happens. <laughs> what I've discovered is the living, the dead people don't yes. give me any problems. Oh, the living ones might, though? Yeah. Go ahead. Who is it? Have any of our previous birthday celebrants given you issues? No. No. Okay. No. 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 Okay. Well, let's see if you can guess who this is. He was born in England on October 18th, 1984. He was raised a Catholic. His father was uh, part Greek and part Irish descent, and his mother was Jewish. In 2014, he started writing for Breitbart News up to 2017. He emerged as a lead actor in the whole Gamergate harassment campaign through his work at Breitbart and employed the the whole controversy as a basis for online attacks against women. Are you familiar with the Gamergate oh, controversy? I am. I am. They don't like that the girls are getting involved in their game, and so they're being really mean. Yeah, they didn't like the feminization and the whole diversity. It was all the issues that are now spilling out everywhere else. There's angry white men. Yeah. Don't play with my toys. He wrote an article for Breitbart called Birth Control Makes Women Unattractive and Crazy, in which he asserted that the combined oral contraceptive pill causes women to become hysterical, sexually promiscuous, and obese. Okay. From 2015 to 2017, he engaged in a number of controversial tours across college campuses. Uh, many of them were met with protests that ranged from vocal disruptions to violent demonstrations. According to emails that were leaked by BuzzFeed in 2017, he was soliciting white nationalists for story ideas and editing suggestions while he was working for Breitbart News. Okay. In 2016, he set up a privilege grant for white men to counter scholarships for women and minorities. That's fine. Seven months later, it was revealed that over a quarter of a million dollars had gone missing from the grant. Which is not so fine. And he blamed it on mismanagement. He denied that he spent the money at all. So, so who managed the money? Who knows? In January 2016, he was a guest on a podcast called Drunken Peasants and said that sexual relationships between 13-year-old boys and adult men and women can happen perfectly consensually 
and that some children are sexually and emotionally mature enough to consent to sex with adults. Okay. When these comments came to light in 2017, he was disinvited from speaking at the annual Conservative Political Action Committee conference, better known as CPAC. Yeah, 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 yeah. Also, Simon & Schuster had a contract with him to publish his autobiography, but they canceled the contract after his comments. Yeah, I remember this happening, but I can't remember his name. He then later held a press conference apologizing, saying that he had been a victim of child abuse. Yes. And that his comments were a way to cope with it. Yes. So he doesn't have to take responsibility. Exactly. So who is it? Oh, I'm not even done describing him yet. Oh my God, I'm going to kill you. There's more. Of course, he's extremely anti-Muslim. He doesn't blame just Muslim extremism. He blames all Muslims for the uh, terrorist attacks that have occurred. This isn't the gay guy, is it? Well, we're going to get into that, yeah. yeah. Uh, In 2016, he was permanently banned from Twitter for online harassment of Leslie Jones. You know Leslie Jones from Saturday Night Live. Okay. Very tall, loud black woman. Okay. You don't know her? Well, I it. <laughs> She's very funny. Okay. In 2016, he supported Trump. Then he opposed him in 2020. In 2022, he worked as an intern in the office of Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene. Oh, for fuck's sake. Then he began working for rapper Kanye West, uh. or Yee, on his 2024 presidential election campaign. He claimed that he arranged the November 2022 dinner between Trump, West, and the right-wing commentator Nick Fuentes. Uh, so hold on. This is that kind of hot, crazy Republican gay person. Yeah, yeah I guess He's kind of hot. He's got like a Greek name or some shit. Like, yep, you're right there. Um, you're so right there. Today's his birthday? Yes. Okay. So anyway. Should um, I send a gift? Should I call him? I don't think that's necessary. He, uh, what else has he done? In he was briefly, he briefly left the campaign after he was pushed out by uh, Stop the Steal founder Ali Alexander. But then this guy made uh, known that Ali Alexander was propositioning teenage boys for dick for dick pics. Okay. So then he was rehired by Kanye West campaign. Then it came out in May that he used a campaign credit card belonging to Marjorie Taylor Greene, to purchase a website domain for Kanye West's 2024 presidential campaign on the same day that he had dinner, that he arranged dinner with Donald Trump. Are you still talking? There's more! I can't wait. In 2017, he was shown singing America the Beautiful at a bar full of Nazi neo-Nazis and white supremacists who greeted him, who cheered him on with the Nazi Sieg Heil salute. He was banned from Facebook in 2019, calling him dangerous. In 2011, he described being gay as a lifestyle choice guaranteed to bring gay people pain and unhappiness. However, he also stated, I described myself as 90 to 95% gay. I would never have chosen to be this way. No one would choose it. You have to be mad. In October 2017, he got married in Hawaii. His husband is actually a uh, successful businessman in the tech industry. In 2019, this guy was the Grand Marshal for the Straight Pride Parade in Boston. And then in um, in March of 2021, he declared that he was an ex-gay and that his <laughs> husband had been demoted to housemate and that he would begin advocating on behalf of improving the public image of gay conversion therapy. His name? Milo Yiannopoulos. Yeah, yeah, he's hot. If he wasn't so despicable, I 
almost feel bad for him. Because he just seems like another one of these people that I see on social media. Mommy, I shit my pants. Take a look. See what I did? Yeah. You know? Anything for attention. First he supports Trump. Now he, now he's against Trump. First he's full-blown gay. Now he's he was never he's ex-gay. Gay. He was never more than 95%. He said that. <laughs> So you go through all of this shit you don't even pay attention to. That was brutal, Patrick. Yes, it should have been brutal. It was awful. I know. He's an awful man. I feel we we discussed one awful gay man last week, Jerome Robbins. Why not discuss another awful one this week? Sure, on our birthday celebration. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so play the little girls for him. Oh, I'm going to. You know I would. So to Milo, we wish you a happy birthday. Wasn't that sweet? Adorable. (laughs) We now move on to our next segment. Yes, somebody died. It's time once again for Bring Out Your Dead. Who died? We got three this week. Three people died? Three this week. Oh, dear. The first one, her name was Lara Parker. She was 84 years old. She was born in Tennessee back in 1938. She is probably best known for playing the role of Angelique in the ABC TV daytime serial Dark Shadows. Wow. You never, I'm sure Dark Shadows was before your time. Yeah, you, uh, yeah. Yeah, no. I I have it on a watch list somewhere, but. Well, I actually, I actually tuned up a clip of her from the show, which I'm going to play for you right now. Uh, I have to fucking move. No, you don't have to move. Just Oh, my God. Mate, you made to turn your chair. Holy shit. Oh. This is a scene where she first curses Barnabas Collins to become a vampire. I am not dead yet. And while I can still breathe, I will have my revenge. I set a curse on you, Barnabas Collins. You wanted your Josette so much when you shall have her. But not in the way that you would have chosen. You will never rest, Barnabas. And you will never be able to love anyone. Whoever loves you. my curse and you will live with it through all eternity and then she dies Oh, okay. Well, so that was Laura Parker as Angelique. She was great. I loved her on the oh, show. All right. She was like the, she was the villain, but I loved her. She looked great. She was she was a great character. And now she's dead. And now she's dead. Died 84 years old. Okay. Well, she's living off Barnabas' money. Yeah. Well, she she survived by uh, two sons from her first marriage and a daughter from her second marriage. Did she ever do anything else? She appeared in various TV shows and some films. She actually reprised the role of Angelique in the second of the two Dark Shadow films they made afterwards. Okay. She also then wrote a series of books uh, centered around her character, Angelique, and wrote about four or five books. So she never got away from this character. No. It's been 80 years. Right? Good for her. Why not? Why why not? It's an iconic character. So rest in peace there, Lara Parker. Not everybody can overact and get paid for it for 80 years. (laughs) (laughs) Our next decedent, she died on October 14th at the age of 91. 
She was born Rosetta Jacobs in Detroit in 1932. In 1949, she signed a contract with Universal Studios and changed her screen name to Piper Laurie. Oh, yeah, she died. She made her film debut in 1950s film called Louisa opposite Ronald Reagan, whom she claimed in her autobiography deflowered her. Ew. She received a Best Actress Oscar nomination for her role opposite Paul Newman in 1961's The Hustler. And then after that, she did not appear in another feature film again until 1976, when she played Margaret White in the film Carrie, for which she received another nomination for Best Supporting Actress Oscar. Yeah, she was good in that. She was great in that. From 1990 to 1991, she starred as the devious Catherine Martell in the TV series Twin Peaks. Yeah, I never saw it. Oh, loved it. She received two Emmy nominations for that role. She made her last TV appearances and film appearances in 2018. She uh, was married and looks like she was married once or twice. She adopted a daughter. She was also a sculptor who worked in marble and clay. And I believe I have a clip of her I want to show you from Carrie. Marble's hard. Yes, it is. She must have had shoulders like a fucking linebacker. And that night... I saw him looking down at me that way. We got down on our knees to pray for strength. You did not. I smell the skin in his breath. She went down on her knees, but it wasn't to pray. The stink of the filthy roadhouse whiskey on his breath. And I like it. I like it. Well, that dirty touch in those hands on the oil of me. I should have given you to God when you were born. And I was weeping, backsliding. And now, the devil has come home. What a great scene. She really was so good in that role. Yeah, yeah. She really, really was. Her and Sissy Spacek together. What a what a team together on film. I just always hated her name. Who's like, name? You can't take somebody named Piper seriously. <laughs> Certainly not as an artist. Why not? Because her name is Piper. <laughs> <laughs> That's all the reason you need. It seemed to work well for her. She was able to over Two Oscar nominations, scene. two Emmy nominations. All right, good for her. Fucked Ronald Reagan, played opposite Paul Newman. Fucked Ronald Reagan, you're gonna put that on a on a on a checks list? I'm sure somebody does. <laughs> Nancy. And then our last decedent, she died on October 15th, only three days ago. She, one day short of her birthday. She oh, was, I know this. She was born in 1946. Her father was an uh, alcoholic and abusive, and she had trouble in school because of her father's all-night rages, and plus she had dyslexia. Well, that's why she got the thigh master. Yep. <laughs> it's so bad. She was expelled at school at age 14 for writing sexually suggestive notes to a boy that were never sent. Hello. When she was 17, her father ripped off her prom dress and told her that she was nothing. She responded it by hitting him in the head with a tennis racket. Okay, well... She graduated from another high school in 1964, and then in 1965, she attended college but withdrew when she became pregnant. Soon after, she married the father of her child, who was named Bruce Summers. 
She was 19 years old. I didn't know she had a son. Yes, she did. I didn't know any of this shit. Uh, and for you those who don't know what we're talking about, it's Suzanne Summers. She began acting in small roles during the late 60s and early 70s, but after other actresses did not impress the producers during the first two pilot episodes of a new sitcom called Three's Company, she was suggested by Fred Silverman to audition since he had seen her on the Johnny Carson show. What did she do on Johnny Carson? I don't know, but she appeared on there uh, apparently quite frequently. Really? Yeah. So she on Three's Company, she played the role of Chrissy Snow from 1977 to 1981, and left and left the show after a salary dispute with the producers. The same thing as Farrah. It was the 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 busty blonde, yep, eye candy, yep, who all who decided that they needed more money because they were more valuable to the show, yeah. And that's what they did. Well, she claimed that she just wanted to be paid the same as uh, as male stars were being paid of her stature. Well, the three of them should have been paid the same. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure there was a lot of competition about that, you know? And I'm sure he made more. Yep. Certainly more than Joyce DeWitt. Anyway, in the 1990s, she then became the spokeswoman in a series of infomercials for the Thighmaster. The Thighmaster, which gave another excuse for her to wear a leotard in front of everybody. Yes, she did. And then from 1991 to 1997, she returned to sitcom television in the show Step by Step with Patrick Duffy. I didn't know anything about that. I never watched an episode of it. It was one of those domestic family sitcoms of the 90s I had absolutely no interest in. But I do, of course, have some clips here of Suzanne. Well, this is typical, getting a girl pregnant. Only a man would do a thing like that. Big tits, no brain. <laughs> gotta love that. And of course, gotta show fine ass red. Thank you. How do you get them? I used to do aerobics till I dropped. Then I found Thigh Master. Every single time you squeeze Thigh Master, you strengthen and tone right where you need it. So it's easy to squeeze, squeeze your way to shape the hips and thighs. Yep. I thought I'd never fit into these jeans again. Thank you, Thigh Master. I recommend it and use it. The secret to shapely thighs is exercising these muscles with just the right resistance. This balanced resistance coil is designed to give... Yeah, that's enough. Yeah, that's <laughs> But anyway, to Lara Parker, Piper Laurie, and Suzanne Summers, we say, rest in peace. Thank you for the entertainment. I can't think of the fucking lyrics for that song. Sorry you're dead. Yes, we're sorry that you're dead. I was thinking more like, now you are dead. You are really, really dead. Um, I made mine more of a goodbye, a farewell. All right. Instead of just stating the obvious. Okay. Maybe it's not obvious. Oh, maybe it's not. We now move on to our next segment. Patsy. Today in history. Do you know who's playing Patsy? Uh, oh, in the current production of Spam a lot? Yeah. No, I do not. I don't either. I have no idea. I don't know who any of the stars are in this Oh, I know production. who one of them is, but I can't remember. Oh, okay. No, more than one, but I can't remember. All right, so so what's, who, what's today? Who's today that? in history, oh, okay. on this date in 1851, oh. a book called The Whale was published. Its title was later changed. To Moby Dick. Correct. Moby Dick was published today in October 18th, 1851. For those of you who don't know, it's a story told by a sailor named Ishmael about the quest of Captain Ahab 
on his ship, the Pequod, going after a whale named Moby Dick, who took the captain's leg on a previous voyage, and now he wants revenge. Very Peter Pan. <laughs> I wouldn't say Peter Pan. But as a matter of fact, though, Captain Hook, his character was based on Captain Ahab. He went on revenge for a sea creature who took a limb. Well, in Peter Pan, it was an alligator. Who took his arm. All right. But in Moby Dick, it's a leg. By a whale. Yes. Call me Ishmael. But the white whale itself was modeled on a hard-to-catch albino sperm whale called Mocha Dick that was finally killed in 1838. Hold on. Hold on. A white sperm whale. Yes. Called Mocha Dick. Yes. Let that sit for a second. (laughs) And then carry on. Thank you. And the book's ending, where the Pequod is sunk, was based on the sinking of a whale ship called the Essex in 1820. Oh. And at the end of the book, on spoiler alert, at the end of the book, when Ahab goes down with the whale, because he's strapped by the rope from the harpoon that he threw into the whale. Oh, God, you knew it going in. That was actually based on a true event that Herman Melville, the author, had heard about a sailor whose leg had got caught in a rope on a whale hunt and got dragged on, and got dragged down with a whale. I bet that happened a couple dozen times, probably. Right? Do you know the opening line of this novel? One of the most famous opening lines? I just said it. You did? I didn't hear you say it. Call me Ishmael. Oh, okay. I didn't hear you say it. I'm okay, sorry. So then it doesn't count. So if a fall trees in the woods. <laughs> the answer is 42. Okay. I was going to say purple, but okay. <clears throat> but at the time that Moby Dick was published, it was... Got mixed reviews, was considered a commercial failure, and was out of print at the time of Melville's death in 1891. So a flop. It only became established or reputed as a great American novel at the centennial of his birth in 1919. And then every 8th grade English teacher in America decided to make life hell for 13-year-olds. And uh, I confess, uh, I've, I've only read the first chapter of, uh, of Moby Dick, I, and, but I was young then. It was maybe like a t- I was probably like a teenager in high school. It was a tough going. I put it down. I was like, no, I give up. But maybe one day. Why, though? Why not? It's great literature. Yeah, I know, but you've read great literature before. Yes, I have. So we'll let this one but go. But there's plenty more out there. But let this one go. Why? Because there's others. <laughs> oh. Read Lorca. Re- oh, I can read Lorca. Well, read Lorca. He, first of all, he was hot. <laughs> yes, he was. He was hot. And he wrote good things. Yes, he did. So let this one go. No. Oh, okay. Fuck you, Herman. <laughs> you and your big whales and your Ishmaels. And then today, on October 18th, 2001, this musical opened at the Winter Garden Theater. Let me hear it and then I'll guess. Oh, you know what? Stop. Turn it off. Yes, Mamma Mia opened on Broadway back in 2001. Okay. God, I hate that show. I hate that show. I have only managed to see one production of it on Long Island out of the 30 or so productions that occurred on Long Island. And I sat there, and my friend Ernie was sitting next to me. Oh, Jesus. And we're not a minute into the show, and I just turned to him and I said, it's not even a minute, and I already hate it. (laughs) 
It's, it's bad. It's awful. It's bad. It's awful. But for an awful show, you may not be you may or may not be surprised to know that it is it was or it is the ninth longest running musical in Broadway oh, history. I made a fucking fortune and two lo- movies. And the longest running jukebox musical. The two movies. It ran for five thousand seven hundred and seventy-three performances from two thousand one to September twelfth of twenty fifteen. So you know, what do I know? I hate that show, and there it is. Yeah. I mean, all of it. And I, you know, I'm hoping I wake up dead tomorrow. <laughs> so, what the hell do I know about, you know, but I hate it. I think, aside from hair, if hair didn't exist, this would be the worst musical ever staged. But they did hair, so. You don't like hair? I don't like hair at all. I hate every one of those songs. First of all, every one of those songs is a list. Everyone except for the one where she talks about the guy who's from Brooklyn. Right. She met at the park. Franklin Baum. Franklin, who's... What's that? Whatever. Okay. I met this guy. Not all the songs are. Franklin Pierce. It's horrible. It's horrible. There's no plot. No, there's not much of a plot. There's not much of a book to it at all. There's nothing to follow. There's nothing to hold on The film had more of a linear plot than the musical. Yeah. This was all... It was... I think more about being uh, uh, observing those people. Those people. The hippies. It was to look at the Well, hippies. it was the precursor to think of it as that time period's rent. Well, I know what it was. You know? In, you know, in that kind of context. Yeah. I just hate it. But it, you liked rent. I do. I like rent. I like rent a lot. Rent's a great I think rent's a great musical. I would love to have seen what rent would have been had he got to finish it. So, Whatever. Whatever. We now move on to our next segment. What day is it? Could you play tell me? Okay, I know what this one. What day is it? You I do. Yes, I do. You know what day it is? Stapler gun day. No. Um, <laughs> are you sure? Positive. Because I've seen a lot of construction workers being all happy. <laughs> I don't know why. I thought they were celebrating... Uh, staple gun day. No. Um, okay, wow, I'm thrown now because, uh, National Wine Day? No. The day of the tiger cub. No, but you're, at least you're in the right direction. You're going in the animal kingdom. Okay, so it's an animal kingdom it, day. It, today is National Hagfish Day. Cadfish? Hag. H-A-G-F-I-S-H. Hagfish. Hagfish is considered to be one of the most ugliest of all creatures yeah, on I the planet. I, I believe I can see a picture of it in my head. There are actually 76 species of them, ranging from 7 inches to a little over 4 feet long. Wow. Despite their unappealing appearance, they scavenge the ocean floor, cleaning up the debris of dead marine animals. Fantastic. Well, one thing is that despite being jawless, they often burrow into the carcass and eat it from the inside out. How nice. Which is like, ugh. (laughs) But they produce a slime that protects them from predators. And while it's thinner than human hair, it's actually stronger than nylon. Who's going to prey on something that's eating the garbage off the bottom of the ocean? It can't be yummy. Do you know what I'm saying? Maybe they're not as picky as we are. All right, so continue, Hagfish. <laughs> so, r- currently now, researchers are seeking potential uses of the slime for commercial, medical, and environmental reasons. Well, of course. The Navy, for instance, has developed a synthetic hagfish slime using the E. coli bacteria and hope to develop a strong synthetic slime 
that can add protection from naval vessels. So that's okay. something to celebrate about the hagfish. And of course, it's also served as a delicacy in some places. Yeah. Have you ever eaten hagfish? I have not. <laughs> I, I will die happy if I never do. I may die from eating hagfish if I do. So, there you go. It's just too ugly to eat. Although, I really shouldn't. No, okay, go ahead. Move on. Okay. Talking about things that are too ugly to eat. Man. <laughs> I, I shouldn't go there. On that note, we're going to move on to our next segment, wherein we take a look into my briefs. And this week, on Take a Look Into Our Briefs, Mr. Trump got gagged. Ah, uh, he certainly did. Yes, he did in his civil trial. Yeah. Now, what does this mean exactly? That he's not supposed to be commenting about the court staff, prosecutors, the witnesses. She was very specific. Yes, she was. She was very, very specific about who he's not allowed to make any further comments right. about because he was making some outlandish comments. He, at one point, I think, accused he or her court clerk or his court clerk of being in a relationship with Senator Schumer. No, that wasn't Because of a picture one. that was taken. Wasn't that one that, was done someone else? That was the New York case. That's this case. No, this is the uh, this is the female judge. I think this is D.C. You're right. I'm confusing the two. I'm sorry. I'm right. I'm it's confusing the two. It's going to be easy to confuse them. Yeah, it is, because everything's going on at the same All time. At the same time. But, yeah, it is the federal judge who issued it, not the, not the New York judge. Right. This is the judge who he's, he's gone after this judge over and over and over again. And she's like, you know, why did you just hand in your one about me? Well, also, what, and that's, that's what he's doing still. He's still attacking the judge Her. herself. Yeah. But he can't say anything else about anyone else. And he's saying his First Amendment rights are being abridged. And she's like, sorry, the purposes of justice outweigh the, your constitutional's right. The other thing that. The First said, Amendment is not absolute, you know? She said to him, which people have been saying to him, is, you are now a criminal defendant. So certain rights are going to be restricted. Yeah. By that status of you being. A criminal defendant. But he doesn't get that. Well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He gets it when it's for somebody else. Well, when it's, yeah, of course. But you know, he won't be silenced. He won't be stopped. I saw something about it. He's now willing to go to jail if it means saving the democracy for, the, for, for all of us. Which, to me... Fuck, be my guest. Go to jail then. <laughs> what, I'm saying, what I'm saying is that he's anticipating jail time. Of course. So now he's now what he's doing is he's setting the groundwork for he's setting a history for why he's going to jail. Mm -hmm. He's going to jail because he's going to jail for all of us, and he did this with everything he's ever done over and over and over again. A month. That's before, how he manipulates the masses. Somebody got into his ear and said, "This is serious," and. You're seriously looking at some jail time. Like, you could really seriously go to jail. Yeah. Forget losing your company. You could go to jail. Yeah. And I think he's seeing that now, and so he's setting it up. If I go to jail, bitch, how long is the only question? I don't know if he's ever going to face jail time. Uh, you know what? I, I don't think he I don't think he. Well, let's put it this way. If a Republican wins the presidency in 2024, they're going to pardon. They're going to pardon Trump. Well, that's going to be the fly in the ointment. Yeah. They're going to pardon Trump. Okay, so what else you got? What, what, what are we doing today's Hagfish Day? What? Well, that was earlier. We're now in uh, looking into my oh, briefs. We're looking into your briefs. But we're now looking across the globe over at India, where okay. the top court issued a ruling on same-sex marriage. Yeah, what did they say? Well, the court refused to recognize same-sex marriage. Okay. But 
it did re direct the legislature, the, the Indian legislature, to review all laws that discriminate against same-sex couples. Okay. So in other words, any benefits that can be derived through government law or anything of that nature should not be held against same-sex couples. Okay. What that's going to lead to, we don't know. Well, it sounds to me as though the judge is saying, I want to rule one way on this, but the laws are prohibiting me from doing it because the law is the law. Yeah. And as a judge, I'm supposed to follow what the law says. So if the laws are all stacked against who's recognizing same-sex marriage, exactly, then the judge is saying, look, I have to do this, but you people should go back and really look at some of this. Exactly. And then so, you bring the case to me again, yeah. So it's like two steps forward, one step back, you know? And thus it has ever been. Yeah. For many of us. Look how long we came from when Stonewall happened in 69 to when marriage equality was recognized by the U.S. Supreme Court. That took over 50-something years, you know? I just wish I was a privileged man. close to 50 years. Instead of this sack of potatoes that I have. <laughs> You're a privileged sack of potatoes. Against 80% of the world, I probably am. <laughs> so that's the story for this week and look into my briefs. So we now move on to our next segment. Yes, it's time once again for the Week in Fascism. And this week in the Week in Fascism... We still don't have a house speaker. The fascists can't agree on who they want to lead. It's, it's beyond embarrassing now at this point. It's now it's like, have you no shame? Do you not see? Do you not know? Obviously they have no shame because the latest nominee, Jim Jordan, is an insurrectionist. He was involved in the discussions with Trump and what was going to happen on January 6th. He refused to answer a congressional subpoena. From that, his own house, the House of Representatives, he refused to submit to the subpoena. And they're, you're going to try to make him the leader of the House? Are you out of your fucking minds? That's to, that's to appease these, what is it, somewhere between 8 and 20 lunatic MAGA people. And I'm thinking, where... That's, I mean, there are just enough of lunatics to thwart everything, but there are just enough of the sane fascists to thwart them. But they're not doing <laughs> that. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's it's almost as though, like, tomorrow, if tomorrow's goes further against... Well, I mean, they're already, as of now, they're scheduling a third vote on Jordan on Thursday now. Right. Where and he's already lost votes. Right. The second round. They took, it, they, they took the first vote and he lost. And then they took the second round and he lost even bigger. Yep. And now they're going to do the third round. What I'm saying is if he loses even bigger then, then I think that the party is trying to be subtle about taking control back. They got to do something. They got to break away from this whole MAGA element if they want to survive as a viable political party. You know, you can't you you can't feel bad for them because holy no, shit. it's it's a it's a shithole of their own making. You did this. You did this to yourselves. And people say, well, why aren't the Democrats helping? Why should they help them at this point? So who's the guy, the Republican guy now going around on television? Well, you don't know because saying that, blaming the Democrats because 211 Democrats voted against having the, uh, uh, voted against the Speaker of the House, voted to have the Speaker of the House removed. 211 Democrats voted to have the, the Speaker removed. Yes, they and did. Only eight Dem and only eight Republicans voted to have the Speaker removed. So it's the Democrats' fault that the Speaker was removed. <laughs> 
The Democrats did that. Right. By not voting for him. It's not it's not McCarthy's fault for agreeing to a stupid rule that anyone can make a motion to remove the speaker. It's no. not his fault. He wanted, it's yeah, not exactly. Matt Gates's fault for making that motion in no. the first place. No. And no, it's the Democrats. The fault. Democrats did it because 211 of them stood together and said, we're not having this guy as our fucking speaker. Or not, at that point, that's not even what he was blaming them. He was blaming for, for the guy being kicked out. Like, what? Were you there? Did you see the sequence of events that happened? How this guy got kicked out? I know. But it's like they only have two options at this point. One that they're discussing is granting some temporary powers to the Speaker Pro Tem, who's now presiding over the chamber, who I thought died as four hundred years ago in the Civil War or the Republic or the Revolutionary War. <laughs> I was sure he died, but clearly he hasn't, because there he is, sitting right now with the gavel in his hand. No, his last name is McHenry. Pa- and his first name is Patrick. He's Patrick McHenry. Yes, you're confusing him with Patrick Henry, the American Revolutionary Patriot. Uh, okay, whatever, he's been around for a long time. You should know better. You should know better. But right now, they're discussing possibly giving him more powers so that they can actually pass some legislation. But I don't know how that could be done. I don't know what the rules are concerning that. Well, they've never done this before. So they're no. going to change the rules and create the rules the way they want them. And they're all going to check with these eight Marjorie Taylor Greene motherfucking Lauren Bober people and see if it's okay with them before and ask they them do the, anything. And, ask the, and the only other option they have, then, is to go to the Democrats and make a deal. That's the only other way forward. And unfortunately, I don't see any sane heads in that house that are willing to do that. No, they're not. <laughs> Could you imagine them going to talk to Hakeem? Could you imagine? You're going to send Jim Jordan and what's his name and what's her fan all over to talk to Hakeem. I would love to see that. I'd love to see Hakeem and Nancy on one side of the table and like 12 <laughs> Republicans begging for their lives. <laughs> On the other side of the table. Just the two of them. Just Hakeem and Nancy. They don't need staff. They don't need to be staffed. No, we're fine. We're fine. Hey, Nancy just lost her office. Give her a break. You step out. Yeah, that's why we want Nancy on this panel. Uh, when they come to say, all right, now we need you people. What are you willing to give? And uh, I will- Another problem is that coming up on November 15th is when the budget has to be voted on again. Because of what they only passed was a basically a temporary band-aid. A month ago, and now they got to deal with it again in November. Yep. Otherwise, we're going to have another government shutdown. Yep. Without a Speaker of the House. Not to mention, we have two wars going on. One in which we're a vital ally to the nation of Israel, and we can't do anything. No, we can't. (laughs) We can't do anything. We don't have any wars going on. We're not doing any wars. Well, no, but we're basically, well, we're supplying Ukraine with weaponry. Uh, As long as we can without these fucking... And we give, and we also give a lot of military aid to Israel. Oh, a lot of military aid, you say? <laughs> yes, a lot of military aid, you yes, say? Yes, I do. I think Spain would love to live on the military aid that we provide for Israel. <laughs> I don't think Spain needs it as badly as Israel does. But they lack that much money. <laughs> think of how much nicer Madrid would be. If they had all that money, it's crazy money. And what I, what is fascinating, actually it's not at all fascinating, it's plain and simple and right in front of you, is that they want to take, they, they don't want to aid the Ukraines. Well, that's the Republicans. They don't right, want right, right. to be paid, yeah, they want to they, support Ukraine. And they're going to open their checkbook, their mouths, their ass, their wife for Israel. 
And uh, not if you go say love Putin. Well, that's the thing. That's what I'm saying. Is like why? Is that's what I mean. This is no longer the Republican Party. It's an American authoritarian fascist party now. You know, yeah. it doesn't make any sense. I also am always surprised by how much they hate the Jews. They like the Jews as long as they stick around long enough for the apocalypse to occur, according to the Bible. Well, they want they they want <laughs> the politicians want Israel because of where Israel is. Yeah, because they are waiting for the apocalypse to happen there. That's where the final battle will occur between good and evil. I thought it was so that we had some place on the Middle East to put out bombs, but you may be right. I mean, there's no reason why the Book of Revelations couldn't be driving the foreign policy of the United States. (laughs) But uh, whatever. Okay. What's next? What's next? I guess we'll move on to our very next segment then. Yes, it's time for We Like to Watch. And once again, I have very little to contribute. Really? Yeah. I, you know what? I, well, I know you were busy with the show. Yeah. The show, well, it was the third week, so no. You okay. Know, I had nothing to do with the show. I didn't even, I went in and sat and watched. Uh, you know, I'm not needed. Once the show opens, I'm not needed. Once, yeah. Uh, and I don't invade their privacy. I don't invade their space. I don't go into the dressing room. I don't go backstage. I never go backstage during intermission. I stay away from them. They are busy right now. Yeah. And they don't need me who... I have nothing to do. So, no. I leave them alone. So, really, it wasn't that. It was, I don't know. It's I've been spending a lot of time on this machine, frustrating myself. Okay. And I watch, which is going to tie into my gripe of the week. Okay. Too much news. I had to stop watching the news because it was just nonstop coverage of the Israel-Hamas war. Well, that's my gripe. And I, I was just, the images of the children on both sides, the Israeli children, the Palestinian uh, children. It's awful. I, it was it was breaking my heart to look at it anymore, so I, I stopped watching that news for a while. It was just, it was becoming overwhelming. Yeah, so I watched the new RuPaul. Okay. RuPaul's in, in, in London. And how was that? awesome it's yeah know, it's the, the the very comfortable pattern okay the uh form what, what do i want to say the outline the format okay I want format very comfortable very nice all right because of john Steele, i've been trying to watch he the last time he was here he was talking about project runway season 20 Yes, I believe he was yes and so i've been trying to watch that i'm very inconsistent Okay. I just, there's there's nothing that I, like, have to run to now. There's, like, I don't have that binge show that I, that I, um, it's not like The Crown. Okay. Where I got to go home and watch. Okay, well, then I have a show to recommend to you. Uh, What is it? The Fall of the House of Usher. I'm so sick of hearing about this fucking show. It is really, really good. I give it two big thumbs up. All right. Yeah, you only have two little thumbs. It's not a retelling of the Edgar Allan stories per se, but it takes the elements of those stories and uses the framework of the title story as the frame for the whole movie then. Okay. And it is really, really well done. It's not a movie. It's a series, It's a series. Yep, it's eight episodes. Eight episodes? Eight episodes. That's a big commitment. It's it's worth the commitment. How long are the episodes? Uh, about an hour, I'd say. Eight hours. Yes, it's well worth it. Huh. Well worth it. It's Jesus. Mark Hamill's in it. He plays a shady attorney, it's and like he's really, married. really good in it too. Mark Hamill is no big selling point for 
for the Star Wars fans, he is. For future reference. But I, he's great in this part. He really is. Uh, but I can't recommend this show enough. It is so well done. Some of these deaths on it are pretty grisly, to say the least. The House of Usher? The Fall of the House of Usher on Netflix. All right. Then we also, I forgot to mention this, we watched this actually two weeks ago, was the movie Renfield on uh, Prime Video. Well, it's a good thing you remembered to bring it up again. Yes, I did. I remember now because I didn't talk about it the last time. Okay, so tell us all about the Good comedy movie. Good horror comedy, I should say. You talked about a horror comedy movie. I don't know if I talked about this one or not. Go ahead. This one stars Nicholas Holt as Renfield. And he he joins this group for people, I guess, who are dealing with self-actualization issues and dealing with oppressive people in their lives. And, of course, he's complaining about his master, Dracula. And Dracula tracks him down, and hijinks ensue. Okay. Nicholas Clay, Nicholas Cage plays Dracula. Okay, no, we didn't. It's his that. most restrained performance in years. And he's Nicholas Nicholas Cage. Cage. Yes, and he's he's great in a role. He really is. The whole movie's good. It's a very good movie. Okay. Good good laughs. Definitely. Renfield. And I love Nicholas Holt. He's a hottie. Renfield. Yes, Renfield. On Prime Video. All right. Then we watched this movie. It's a Swedish movie called The Conference. Oh. It was billed as a satirical horror film. And what was it really? It's like Friday the 13th, but instead of teenage campers in a camp somewhere, it's a bunch of corporate drones (laughs) who go on a retreat together uh, for team building exercises. All right, so these they deserve to die. Yes, so it's built. It's not a lot of less. It's light, to say the least. All right. It's okay. You know, it was a good slasher. Like, people are killed in some great ways in the movie. So gotta love that. Looking for a good slasher flick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then lastly, we watched on Prime Video a movie called Bingo Hell. Okay. <laughs> it's about this dying town and this one woman in this neighborhood. She's trying to keep people to stay there. She doesn't want things to change. And the local bingo hall is taken over by new management. Uh-oh. And if you saw the movie Needful Things, it's sort of like that where people get what they want as winnings, and then they pay the consequences for it. Okay. Good movie. Not great. If it had been a little bit longer and they developed the story more, I think it could have been better. But not a bad movie. Well, so yeah. that was pretty good, I Bingo thought. Hell? Bingo Hell. When I, Prime Video. When I worked on the cruise ship... Yes. We had Bingo Hell. <laughs> because every day, twice a day at least, <laughs> there was Bingo. Okay. It was in the auditorium. It was in the theater. And it was worse when we were at sea. Oh, why was it worse? Because then nobody could get off the boat when we were at sea. Fair enough. So when you do bingo when you're in Cozumel, it's really bad. Because not only do you miss Cozumel this week, but there are only 15 fucking people playing bingo because everybody's in Cozumel. You know what I'm saying? All right. So, uh, yeah, that was Bingo Hell. Was was They had these bingo games, and as we were um, the entertainers, but we were also the cruise staff. Ooh. So we were responsible for things like being on guided tours and meeting people on and off of the, the little boats that I can't never remember the name of them, uh, and, and hosting these bingo things and various things. During the week. Oh, I love you, Chris. And bingo hell. Bingo hell. Bingo hell. So you don't have to see the movie then. No. No, I have my own version of bingo hell. I'm sure it was less bloody. I don't know. 
know. Oh. You want to see some farmers from Nebraska going after, I don't know. Oh, no. <laughs> Save up all that money. Well, we normally go on to stupid people, but I didn't find there were any outstanding stupid people this week. I just found the whole world was stupid this week. I was going to say, that's the stupidest thing I ever heard. <laughs> What? That you just can't find anything stupid. Not outstandingly stupid. There was just so much stupidity this week in the world. I, I couldn't find one to, to pick out. Okay, I think that's stupid. What, you think that's stupid? Yeah, uh, I'm saying. Can, so, you, so, can you think of anyone who was incredibly stupid this who week? Who said something stupid this week? Hold on. Or did something stupid let me this just, week? Let me just look at the notifications on my iPhone. <laughs> yes, look up stupid people of the week. Okay, right here. Will Smith issues an official statement amid Jada Pinkett Smith revelation. Nothing either of them can say that's anything other than stupid. Yes, agreed. Uh, uh, oh, Randy Rainbow has a new fucking... Okay. Well, that's, that's not stupid. No, no, that's not stupid at all. <laughs> Republicans are on the verge of electing a speaker who's never passed a bill during his six Yes, we know. Yeah, we already discussed yeah, okay. him. All right, so, yeah, so... I, okay. So, yeah. You proved my point. There were no outstandingly stupid people this week. Okay. Everyone seemed to be at the same level of stupidity. Okay. <laughs> Is that fair? Well, it's fine with me. Okay. I'll move on to our next segment then. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens, bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens, brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. <laughs> Yes, it's time for our five faves. That jaw is working more than a houseboy on Fire Island. <laughs> I'm just telling you, the way she's singing that music. Five faves, what's the topic? The topic this week was to name your five favorite mythical or legendary monsters. Bigfoot. Bigfoot you had on your list. Bigfoot. Okay, any particular version of Bigfoot? No, just just, just Bigfoot, just huh? Just Bigfoot. Okay. I think that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Bigfoot. Okay. In no particular order, what do I have on my list? I have the Loch Ness Monster, of that course. That was my number two. Ah! I just took your number two for Loch you. Loch Ness. Had have Nessie on of there. Of course, of course, of course, legendary. I really don't know if she's real or not, but I like to think that she is. Okay. <laughs> So, being that we named your number two, I guess I'll move on to my number two. That's how it works. Yes, it would be. And that would be dragons. Okay. I love dragons. I think they're the most beautiful looking creatures when you see them depicted in art, movies, TV. Okay. I just love dragons. Even okay. as scary as they are. Dragons. Dragons. So, that's my number two. Okay. So, what's your number three? I had one until you said dragons. <laughs> and then I was thrown. Oh no! Mythical creatures are. Uh, 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 let's go with elves. Elves? They're not monsters. They live in trees and they make cookies and they're only eighteen inches tall. That doesn't make them monstrous. I think that it does. makes them kind of nice. Elves. <laughs> elves. Elves. Can you name one mean or monstrous elf? Yeah. Who was the guy who wanted to be the dentist? And they all laughed at him. Well, what about all those bitches who made fun of Rudolph? They weren't monstrous. Ask Rudolph. <laughs> but they reconciled with them afterwards. Yeah, when they found out that he had something that they needed. But they reconciled with Hermie, too. Well, Hermie, all he wanted, all that fucker wanted was to be a dentist. And no, he has to make fucking etch-a-sketches because he's an elf. It's fucked up. But in the end, they allowed him to be a dentist. And who likes a dentist? 
All right, so I guess you're going to stick with I'm elves. I'm sticking with elves. Next on my list is Cerberus. Cerberus is the... He's the... Uh, who the fuck is Cerberus? It's the three-headed dog that guards the gates to Hades. Okay. I always thought that was a really cool-looking monster. Three-headed dog? Yep. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you feed that once a day, or do you feed it three times? Or do you feed it once a day three bowls? Like, how do you feed that dog? Because it's only got one body, but it's got three heads, and those heads all look hungry. Yes, they do. I'm just saying. But it only has one stomach. That's what I'm saying. So do you feed one dog, or do you feed three? Well, you have to feed them all at the same time, obviously. So I suppose what you do is you take the, and you give them a third each of whatever the food is. Yeah. Is. All right, all right. That works. Yeah, a lot of math. What's number four on your list? Medusa. Oh, that's mine, too! I love Medusa! I said it first. Oh, you bastard. Love Medusa. Medusa. I always remember the one in the um, original film, Clash of the Titans, with, uh, who was it, uh, Harry Hamlin, whatever his Harry name Hamlin was. Harry Hamlin was in that movie. Yeah. And I always remember the Medusa depiction in that. Great choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, since we both agreed on number four, what is your fifth and oh, final shit. choice? How did this fall back to me again? Elves? I said elves. You already said elves. Be- begrudgingly accepted. Okay, I'm going to go with unicorns. Unicorns are not monsters. Really? No, they're not monsters. They're considered good creatures. What do you think they do with that thing on their head? What I don't do- know. What do you think they do? Why do they have... The horn on the head. Why did nature put a horn on a horse's head? You'll have to ask Mother Nature that. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't make it a monster. It sure does. Because <laughs> it has a horn on its head? What does it do with the horn? I don't know. It protects itself. I'm sure it's not out tickling people with the horn. I'm sure it I'm uses sure it for defensive purposes. All sorts of little rabbit bunny skewers and whatever. <laughs> Ramming that fucking thing into people, killing them, and, and having them like Vlad the Impaler. Oh my god! <laughs> Unicorns are fucked up, and then they have wings, so like they can swoop in. No, they do not have wings. Unicorns do not fly. You're confusing those with the uh, other ones, the Pegasus. All right, whatever it is, those are different. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Can't believe you're saying that's a monster. Shame on you. Yeah, what is it doing with that fucking horn, bitch? That horn is an aggressive tool. That's it. That's 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 meant to be aggressive. Actually, it says uh, here in Wikipedia that oh, the horn. Good. Wikipedia is the horn is described as having the, fucking... the, pa- the horn is described as having the power to render poison water potable and to heal sickness. Okay, so it's a good thing. Okay, but you're still gonna stay with it as a monster. It's a monster. Uh, it's a it's a it's a monster. My last choice is the golem, not the golem from Lord of the Rings, but the golem. I don't care a fuck. You think the pronunciation is gonna trip me up? Yeah, I don't know what either one of them is. I don't care. You thought, what either one of them you is. thought a current legislature named Patrick McHenry was the American Revolutionary War patriot? Well, it's a, <laughs> it's a very similar family resemblance. <laughs> But are you familiar with the golem? It, it's is that the thing with the fucking ring and uh, what are they? The fucking little Smurf-like things, um, <laughs> hobbits. <laughs> no, that's that's exactly what I said. It's not golem. That's the that's a name of a creature in the Lord of the Rings. And that's hobbits. This, that's the hobbits. Yes, golem. Golem is a figure from Jewish mysticism. Okay. 
The most famous one being the story of the Golem of Prague, which was created by the rabbi there in the 16th century to protect the inhabitants of the Jewish ghetto in Prague. So what's a golem? A golem is a basically an anthropomorphized figure made of clay or mud, and it acts at the direction of the of its creator. Okay. All right. All right. That sounds sort of stupid to me, but okay. So this guy's going to make... Think of it as the Jewish Frankenstein monster. But mud. But made out of mud or clay. Is that okay? Yeah, it just, it seems like, it seems like a heavy burden for pottery people all over America to, to, to handle. You know what I mean? They just want to make their fucking coffee mugs and throw some pots and vases for their families and they stop worrying about why they spend so much time out in their pottery fucking shed. Whatever. What does pottery have to do with the golem? You said it was made out of pottery. I said it was made out of clay or mud. Okay. And so is pottery. Yes. So, what is your point? I think it's made out of clay. <laughs> I'm glad you think so. Okay. Oh, my God. We're going to move on to the Fine, next segment. Whatever. I'm just saying that, you know, people throw clay on a pottery wheel and they're, they, you know, it means something. And you're here you are. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh go ahead. God. It- Clint Eastwood, save us! Get off my lawn. Did you hear me? I said get off my lawn. Yes, it's time for the grumpy old game and gripe of the week. 24-hour wall-to-wall news coverage of a single topic. Yes, agreed. I can agree with you on that one. It's it's been too much. But yeah, it's just it's gotten to the point where I was it was getting depressing seeing it. Yeah. You know? I mean it's always depressing and blah, but it's like it's there's too much news going on in the world for it to be 24 hours wall to wall the single topic. We don't have a speaker of the house. Yeah. Where was the latest storm that almost blew over the Bahamas or wherever? Like what what is going on in the, in the rest of the world, world? You know? Okay. So Israel and Hamas are at war. All right. So if we go uh, how different is this from the last five wars? That well, Israel and Hamas. it's a bigger one. It's a big deal. Yeah. A, and I don't mean to. I don't mean to minimize the event. No, I know you're not. Or what's happening, or the hospital, or who's responsible. I, I I'm just saying that the news coverage, uh, 24 hours a day, the same topic over and over and over again. They're searching for things to report on. Yeah, and that's dangerous because now what they're doing is they're going to like survivors. And they're interviewing survivors for individual stories just to fill up airtime. Yep. And I believe we should hear the survivors' stories, but I don't believe it should be filler for a news program. And a lot of it is just filler. Until they get to the next major announcement coming from a world leader. Yeah, right now. Oh, the next bombing that happened in some... But that's probably one of the basic weaknesses of cable news, where it's 24-7, so you have to have something up there all the time. But I'm saying this... How there are other things you can cover. ...going on in the world. going In the world, let alone what's going on right here in America. Yeah. You know, uh, there's plenty going on in the world that we could be hearing about. Right. Africa. What's going on in Africa? Any news out of Africa? I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, what's going on over there? Tell me something about, like, Peru. Anyway, my group is a, my gripe is a petty one in comparison. I hate when every time I go to put on a YouTube video, I got to see that fucking ad with Kevin Sorbo about reclaiming your masculinity by reading his book, A Testing of Lionhood. Well, if anybody needed to reclaim their masculinity... (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. Right. 
girl. He is just so disgusting anyway. Well, it was bad enough I was seeing the Kirk Cameron ads for his oh. books. Now I gotta see Kevin Sorbo's ads all the fucking time. I'm surprised about Kevin Sorbo, to be perfectly honest. It comes as a surprise to me that he's so right-wing. We've known about the other one for a long time. Well, yeah, Kirk Cameron, yeah. Full House, House on Fire, Full House on... Full, whatever it was. Full, I never watched that show either. I didn't watch it either. Um, yeah, but that, you know... Kevin Sorbo takes, took me by surprise, but he's... And I was just... I, I, I'm seeing these... He has drank the Kool-Aid. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Hook, line, and sinker. Hook, line, and sinker. Because, you know, Kool-Aid always comes with a hook, a line, and a sinker. Yes. You can't have Kool-Aid without all three. <laughs> but it's like, is this how you want to be remembered for trying to fight against trans kids? I think he thinks he's you know? doing something right. I think they all think... They all do. They all think they're so righteous and, and correct in what they're thinking. It's the old saying, belief is the death of intelligence. Just mind your own business. Yeah. Just start there. Start with minding your own business. And see how, when you let somebody else be who they are or do what they do... And if you think your stupid fucking book is going to change some kid's mind about whether he feels a certain way or not... Listen... If some gay kid is looking to the Kevin Sorbo book of him and all the leather and the long hair and the <laughs> looking for that kid's coming away gay. He's not going looking to looking for uh, you know comfort on the way back home. <laughs> that he's making sticky socks in his bedroom. That's what he's doing. Oh, what a lovely image! Sticky socks. Yes. <laughs> anyway, I was saying something <laughs> profound before, and you interrupted me, and I can't remember what it was. <clears throat> well, it couldn't have been that profound then. Well, did it have to do with the topic we were discussing? It did. Kevin Sorbo? It did. Reclaiming masculinity? Yes. Kirk Cameron? Did that, no. that ring a bell to what we no, were no, no, you no. wanted Kurt to Kurt Cameron about? and masculinity. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, let's just continue on, because... Well, this brings us to the end of our our episode this week. Well, then let's move even faster. <laughs> and you will not be here next week, is that correct? I will not be here next week, that is correct. And why will you not be here next week? Because, Patrick, I have a tech week for a play that opens next Friday. Ah! So I will not be here because I will be in tech week for that play. Okay, fair enough. Okay, I'll, play, I'll allow that. That play opens on Friday. And what play on, is that? It, uh, it is The Larry Project. Ah, uh, and where is that going to be playing? At the uh, Main Studio Theater on 141 South Wimbledon Avenue, Lindenhurst, New York, down there, over there. Can you yeah, say that any faster and more garbled? It's high school kids. Okay. Uh, doing, what do you call, The Larry Project? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an important piece. I'm yes, it is. It's a great piece. Time. I've performed it at once. I'm uh, looking forward to it. The kids are taking it seriously. They're they're as they should for real about it. It's so a serious show. It's and it's um it's an important it's a, show. It's a show a lot of people fuck up. You know, it's it's, it's, it's a, one you can easily fuck up. And it's easy not to know what that show is about. Yeah, because it's so basic and it's so simple and it's right in front of you, but it's surrounded by all of these themes. The show is about a town. Yeah, that's it. That's what the show is about. Yep. It's about what happens to a town. When this now, crime occurs. the specifics of what we're talking about, the crime, the media invasion, the who the who the who the uh, perps were, and you know that all is incidental to what the story is about. The story is about this town, yeah. And you 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 at your peril, you go in making it a polemic, okay? Because it's not 
really a polemic. It it isn't. It just it the other voices are too loud. You yeah. hear them too loud. They're too often. They're not judged. They're they're in the space. I played Fred Phelps in a production, but I know. And there's no uh, Fred Phelps for as despicable as he is in the play. He has no comeuppance. You know, he doesn't. No. Be, the woman who says, you know, this is a bad thing, but what about when that cop died and there was no, no, nothing in the paper? There was just this little thing in the paper about when the cop died and, and we lost one of our guys. And, and I don't think well, why they exemplified Matthew Shepard. I think he was a bar fly. And, you know, the, 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 the fucking Baptist minister, that's why how he's credited. The yeah. Baptist minister. I hope that when Matthew was. Tied to that fence, he had a moment to reflect when... Uh, right. Oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me? Yeah, I know. So, But those voices are, are not judged. They are given their time. They're all heard. They speak. They're all heard. And we move on to the next thing. And it's it's um not written. The play is not written. It's recorded. So it's very difficult to learn because written words are written... So you can stop and think about them and and put them in order yeah. and make them nice. Whereas this play is a recorded conversation. It's a recitation of a history. Well, people are, people are talking about their own stories. Yeah. So they, That's all part of it. They interrupt the themselves. They, they stop themselves. They say the wrong words. They... You know, they say words that don't make any sense, and they and they and they go from topic to topic. So it's it, the kids, and I I've only ever done the show with kids. It's very difficult to learn. It has to be that show because they can't. They don't have the life experience. Just, 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 just. No, that's what he's changing thought there. They didn't do. How do you show that on a page? Yeah. There's a period and a new thought, or there's a dash and a new thought. Yep. It's a new. You have to change. Everything changes, but they're taking it seriously and they're doing well. Oh, and I can't wait for it to open. Oh, good. Every. Okay. I think. I think what he's doing is every high school student, any high school student from any place gets in for free. Cool. That's perfect. Um, next Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. That would be. October 20th, 21st, and... No. No, I'm sorry. October 27th, 28th, and 29th. 27th, 28th, 29th. At the Manus Studio Theater in Wellwood in, Avenue. Wellwood Lindenhurst. Avenue in Lindenhurst. If you're a teenager, come. If you have a teenager at home, send them. Every teenager should see this play. Yep. Every every teenager should see this. So, uh, you get it for free, bitches. Gotta love that. Nothing. So, come. We'll, we'll cry at Dennis Shepard's speech at the end. It is heartbreaking, but it's, you know, it's important. Yes, it is. It's still relevant, unfortunately. I know. And it is 25 years ago. Yeah. Well, I guess that does bring us to the conclusion of our show. I don't know what we're doing next week yet, because you won't be here. So, I don't know if I'm going to have a guest on, or a Steven's going to co-host with me, or if we're even going to do an episode yet. Don't don't have Steven co-host. Why not? You don't like when Stephen co-hosts? No. I got him to stop using your catchphrase at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then, and then I felt like a dick about that. Like, what the fuck? It's all like... But it's your say, phrase. He can say whatever the fuck he wants. It's not my <laughs> phrase. It's not like I'm getting paid every time I use it or anything. You know, it's, it's whatever. I feel like such a dick. So he can say whatever the fuck he wants. I mean, I'm sitting in his chair as I'm saying it. So, uh, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> But in the meantime... I think you should go, like, out of the box. Like, have Stephen's mom. Have Stephen's mom on the show? Yeah. I'm not sure she wants to talk about some of the things that we are, we talk about. Yeah, show. but I bet that made great radio. 
<laughs> I'm sure it would. Who haven't you had? There's a lot of people. I like, have. all right, so who are your, like, top five dream guest hosts? I haven't thought that deeply about it. I haven't. You're a liar and a dick. And besides, I have you as my permanent co-host. Why would I even dream about anyone else? Because I'm not really permanent. Oh, yes, you are, whether you <laughs> like it or not. This is a lifetime sentence. All right, well, you know, <laughs> lives have varying lengths. <laughs> if I were you, I'd be looking for some fucking... Uh, so, so I was thinking... I had this fantasy of, like, what's her name? Oh, my God. I don't know. Oh, Ooh. my God. Oh, it's so bad at names tonight. Christian Danko. Ah, yes. You'd become the, like, Joan Rivers to my Johnny Carson. Oh, okay. But then you'd have to fire her, and then she'd start her own podcast. She'd be good. <laughs> yeah, she would. But that makes you Ed McMahon. That's kind of sad. <laughs> Poor Ed. Can I be Dick Cavett instead? Ew, no. <laughs> no, you can't be Dick Cavett. Why not? No. He was a tall, refined, sophisticated man. And, and me? Oh, I'm not tall. You look like a thumb. <laughs> Dick. Say goodnight, everybody. Don't forget, you can find all our episodes at www.grumpyoldgameandtheirdogs.com. And don't forget to follow us for our postings on Facebook and on Twitter. You can even find that conversation I had with that person about drag queens. It ain't Twitter no more. Well, X, excuse it's me. X. X. You have to add its pronouns. The website are... formerly known as Twitter. Ain't that some shit? We're back to that. I know, right? Because X is such a stupid name. And X, comma, formerly Twitter is how it's all over the... That's how it's referred to. All over the internet. It's like, Elon, man, shush. Stupid. Just, that's so stupid. Stupid. X. All right, so follow us on X. <laughs> yes, follow us on X. X. And maybe we'll be here next week. Maybe I mean, we won't. If he, said, if, he, if he called it E-C-K-S. X. <laughs> I'm not sure that would be much better. No, it'd be great. I'm sorry, Dad, where were you? I was about to say, have a good night, have a good week, have a good life, and we'll see you next time. Bye, bitches. <laughs>